Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you in on a little secret. I am hosting my first live workshop since 2019, and it is happening on the 9th of November here in Sydney, Australia. This is your official invite to the next level workshop. This is the live workshop for established creatives who want to level up their businesses and smash their goals without losing their time or freedom. It's going to be one day, 9th of November, here in Sydney. If you want to join me, you've got to get in quick. Tickets are going fast and we have seriously got limited spots. So all you need to do is head to laurahiggins.com forward slash event and you can get your ticket to join me live. I cannot wait to hang out with you. It is going to be so, so fun. I hope to see you there. Visit laurahiggins.com forward slash event. Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hello, my dear friend. Welcome back to the show. It is so good to be hanging out with you today. How are you? I hope that you are doing well. I hope that you are having a really awesome end to the year. Now, the other day I shared with my Next Level Club members that at the time of this recording, there are 15 weeks left in 2023. Uh, That's kind of wild. And I feel like what happens is we get to September and we start to feel the like, Oh my gosh, like, do I have enough like gas in the tank to get me through to the end of the year? How am I feeling? I'm feeling like maybe you're feeling a bit tired. Maybe you're feeling a bit burnt out. Maybe you're feeling amazing and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best. This change of season is really good. Wherever you are at, the big thing I've learned in business is that you need to recognize your season. So if your season right now is momentum, like building, growing, kind of doing the things, getting in, getting it done awesome. If your season is, you know what, maybe it's a maintenance season. Maybe it's a season of keeping it simple, not adding in anything new. Wherever you are at, uh, I want to just say, recognize your season and try to enjoy your season. I think it's really important that we do that. Sometimes we can just like try to drive and keep going and keep like building, 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 adding new things. Um, Just this week, I had to say, I said to Nath, I was like, we were going to do this launch. And I was like, I don't think I've got it in me. I think I need to kind of just chill. We're planning this huge event in November, which I cannot wait to tell you more about. But it like, you know, that we were going to do another launch in between now and then. And I was like, that is going to really take a lot out of me. And so we just canned it. We just decided, you know what, let's not do it. So I kind of want to encourage you. That's This is not at all what I'm going to be talking about today, but I just wanted to encourage you. You are the boss of your business. And so if something isn't, isn't feeling good, if something isn't feeling aligned, Like you are the one to change it. You can change it. uh, And also you're the only one who will change it. So I want you to feel empowered to go, this isn't feeling right. This is feeling stressy. This is feeling like a bit hustly and it's not my vibe. I'm not going to do it. So I just want to encourage you that, you know, you're the boss. And so you can do what you want, which kind of leads us really nicely into what I wanted to share today in our quick win episode. I want to talk about, nightmare clients. I want to talk about the client red flags and also what to do if you get some bad 
feedback. What do you do if you get a bad review? This is good. This is good for us to talk about. I want this to be like you're stepping into my lounge room and we're having a glass of wine and a conversation about the things that we don't talk about on Instagram, which is what do I do if a client is being a nightmare? What do I do if a client who I feel like we delivered awesome work to, they've now turned around and said they don't like the work and they've given us a bad review or they're threatening to do X, Y, Z. What do we do? And people don't like talking about this because they don't want anyone to think that they ever make people like unhappy. But the reality is in business, you're going to work with like so many people in your business journey and you are going to have people who love you. You're going to have people who are like super fans of what you do. You're going to have people who are the dream to work with. And of course, we want to attract those people. But occasionally you are going to come up against situations that are out of your control or maybe some of the time they are in your control and it's a learning and you you go well I'm not going to do it like that next time I'm going to change up how I deliver to my clients so I kind of want to normalize this idea that sometimes some clients are are just going to be harder work than others and so what do we do in those situations how do we navigate that how do we solve the problem before it even happens Uh, I'm going to talk you through that how do we Uh, like identify the red flags so that we can, again, solve the problem before it happens. And then what do we do when we we experience something? And like, uh, I'll give you some examples of how we navigate. Well, what happens if we get a bad review? What happens if a client isn't happy? How do we resolve that? So I hope that you are ready for a pretty real and authentic chat. um, Because as I said, I feel like this is a really important conversation. And The problem that I see is that for so many creatives, we start our business, we're amazing at what we do. We're really attached to our work, right? We've created this thing. It's not the same as like, oh, I've purchased, I wholesale this product and I sell this product. And if the product, people don't like the product, it's kind of removed from me because it's, it's the product. It's not me. But when you are a creative service provider or when you're just a service provider in general, you are the product. And so when someone comes in and says, well, I don't like the product, you're like, wait, you don't like me? <laughs> and so you start to get have this existential crisis and it feels like it hits you in your soul if someone gives you negative feedback or constructive feedback because they're, they're kind of two different things, right? So A, how do we separate ourselves from our work? I think it's really important that we regularly assess, okay, is my identity my work or or am I just okay with, okay, this is the work, I'm going to hold it out here and it is the product that I've created. It is not me as a human. It is not my entire identity. It is not my self-worth bundled up in a little like proposal. It is the work. I think we need to be able to separate the work from us throughout our journey and at certain checkpoints throughout our process with our clients because if you're laboring over something, if you're creating something really beautiful and you you want it to be the best that it possibly can be, you know, it's an expression of your creativity. It's an expression of who you are. And that's why people engage you, right? They want to work with you because of how you express your creativity and how you work. So we don't want to remove that, but we do want to kind of separate ourselves from the work a little bit so that if someone gives us feedback on the work, it's not feedback on our worth. It's feedback on the work. Okay. So the first thing you need to do is you need to separate yourself from the work a little bit. 
Second thing you need to do is you need to be crystal clear on who your dream clients are. You need to be crystal clear on who they are. Think about it this way. I've been talking with a few of my friends who are my single girlfriends and I'm like, what are you looking for in a partner? Do you have a list of like the things that you're looking for? And the people who are like, I want someone who is like this. I want someone who behaves like this. They, they care about this. They value this. They, they show up like this. The people who have clarity on who they're looking for do not waste time with people that they're like, then that's not the right fit. It's kind of like dating. And so we want to think about it in the same way when we're thinking about our business, when we're thinking about our sales process, our marketing, we want to think, okay, who am I looking for? Who is my dream client? And not just what are their demographics? You know, they live in this location, they're this age, they're this gender, like that's surface level stuff. We want to think about what are their characteristics? One of the things that we say is in our application process to work with us, I say to Lola, who does all of our like application calls, I say to her, okay, they've got to earn this revenue. They've got to be in this type of niche. They've got to be like, these are the criteria, right? That's awesome. Tick, tick, tick. A lot of people that come to us are already in that criteria and that's awesome. But there are some other criteria that we're also looking at. We are looking at personality. We're looking at cultural fit. We're looking at whether or not they're ready. So some other questions that we ask is like, is this a now thing or a later thing? Is this a like, why us? Why do you want to work with us? And so we're not just looking for the demographics and the qualifiers like that are really tangible. Like they have to be at 5k a month. They have to be this, they have to be this. Yes, that's important. But we're also looking at, would we want to go out for dinner with this person? Like, cause if we're going to spend some time with you, we actually really want to like you. Are they coachable? Are they generous? Are they ready to invest? Are they, or are they kind of shopping around? Because they're, they're two totally different types of people. The people that seek me out, the people who are like, oh my gosh, I listen to your podcast. I love what you do. I follow you on Instagram. I've done one of your courses before and now I'm ready to level up. Those people immediately were like, you are going to be a great client you're going to get a lot out of this program and we're going to love helping you. So you need to find your list of, it's like you're dating again. It's like, you're like going on the apps and you're like, who am I looking for? You need to find your list. And it's not just surface level. Well, they're a brunette. It has to be, they care about this. They're active. Maybe that's your thing. You know, again, talking about dating, they're active. They like going out to restaurants. They like doing like these things. They live in this location. We actually want to have a mixture of demographics and also like characteristics. Who are they? How do they show up? Do they treat your team with respect? If they're rude to my team, they're gone. <laughs> That's my qualifier. I'm like, if you are rude to my team, you're out of here. I like, I don't care if you're the perfect fit client. If you don't respect my team, you're gone. The reason I have that hard line approach is because we've had clients that we've let through in the past who have been like rude in the process. And we should have picked up that that was a red flag. Okay. So you need to make a list of who your dream client is. Then the third thing you need to do is you need to recognize the client red flags. Now I have got five that I think are really important, but you can, you know, you've probably got your own and it, it might be more tailored to your niche, but here are the five client red flags that I find happens a lot. Number one is, can you do this cheaper? <laughs> 
Love that person. Number two is the zombie client. So maybe they have a conversation with you and it's like, great, great, great. Let's go ahead. Awesome. And then they ghost. Then they turn around three months later and they're like, I'm good to go. Build my website, design my brand, or like, let's book a shoot. And you're like, uh, my prices have increased. I'm not available. Like, you're kind of like, where have you been? Like, do you think I'm just waiting for you to like turn up again? No. Zombie client, not good. Number three is entitled and dictates terms to you. So if someone in the sales process is like, we want to make it easy for people to buy our things. Like, I'm not saying that you need to make all these hoops for people to jump through, but we do want to make it like we are the prize. So if someone is dictating terms to you, like an example is, uh, it's a Friday they are contacting you. They're not even a client yet. And they're like, Friday, 4.30 PM. Hey, Laura, I want to talk to you right now about uh, working with you. What's your number? I'll call you. That person is not going to be a great fit because they're not following the process. Because the process is you have to apply. We do an initial call and then you have a call with me. So the person who doesn't respect your process in the sales process will not respect your process in the delivery process when they're a client, how they show up in the sales process is highly likely how they're going to show up in the delivery. So don't think, oh, they're being a bit like high maintenance right now, but you know, I just want to land the client. And then when they come in, expect them to be different because they're not. If they're high maintenance in the sales process, they're going to be high maintenance in the delivery. Number four, the person who says, I could do this myself. What this says is, and I find that this happens a lot in, in the creative space. So they might say, oh, I, I want to outsource my website to you. I could do it myself, uh, but I, I want to outsource it. You know, sometimes I kind of think, yeah, okay. Like I could DIY my website. I could. I've, I've designed websites for a long time. I could, I could DIY my website. But I would never say that to someone because I'd be like, well, you're going to do it better because this is your full-time thing. Uh, I'm not a full-time web designer. And also I, I don't want to do it myself. So When someone says, I could do it myself, I just don't have time. A lot of the time, what they're saying is, I, my time is more important than your time and, or they will likely devalue what you're doing because, oh, I could do it myself. You know, it's kind of like when my my husband's a builder. And so it's kind of like if someone says, oh, I could do this reno, like this house renovation myself, but I I just, I'm going to get you guys to do it that person will be hovering. They will always be thinking, oh, are you sure you want to do it that way? They'll be over involved in the process and think they know as much as you do, (laughs) which is so annoying. And final red flag, number five, when they speak negatively about past service providers. This is a biggie. If they are speaking to you, a complete stranger, and they're, they're bagging out another service provider, you need to run (laughs) because it is highly likely that that person will go, if they don't like something about you and your service or the way you do things, they will go to the next person and say negative things about you. It is not worth it for the reputation. It's not worth it for just the, like the feeling of unease that you get going, is this person going to be talking about me? It's kind of like if you have a friend that you kind of go, are they just going to talk about me as soon as I leave this, this table? And like, are they just going to start talking about me when I'm gone? We don't want that. And, and if a client comes to you and they speak negatively about their past service provider, uh, 
it's a good sign that, okay, maybe something's out of alignment here and maybe I need to, to proceed with caution. Okay. So the five client red flags are, can you do this cheaper? They're a zombie client. They are entitled and dictate terms to you. They say, I could do this myself, but, and they also speak negatively about past service providers. So those are the things you want to look at in your sales process. And you need to follow your gut with this. If there is something that comes up and you're like, uh, I'm not sure about this person. Maybe you just need to have another call with them because sometimes people might be having a bad day and they might just have a rant and then realize afterwards, ah, oh, do you know what that, like, I, I shouldn't have done that. We've got to, we've got to give people the benefit of the doubt and know that, you know, maybe they've had a bad day. So feel free to circle back and, and jump on a call and just say, Hey, listen, I just wanted to clarify this. Uh, my concern is X. What do you think? And that might just give them a chance to go, do you know what? You're totally right. I, I was just having a, a crap moment and I'm sorry. If a person does that, they're a really good human and they are likely going to be really coachable and, and lovely in the process. But if a person gets their back up when you do that, then you know, look, this isn't going to work for me. Okay. So those are the red flags, but what do you do? This is the final part of this, of this episode today. What do you do if you get negative feedback or if you get a bad review? throughout the process. Let's say you've already got a client on board that you're like, oh, Laura, I, I'm definitely going to look for the red flags later, but like, what do I do with this situation I've got happening now? I've kind of got three big tips here when it comes to getting constructive feedback that really isn't that constructive. <laughs> so what do you do with a bad review? The first thing you need to know is that not all feedback is created equal. Not all feedback is created equal. So I'm a big believer in taking the learnings and the lessons. We don't have language. We don't like our language in our team and in our, like in our programs is like, Hey, this wasn't a fail. This wasn't a mistake. This was a learning. So long as you can actually articulate the lesson and change in the future. So there are always things that we're going to, you know, fine tune in our delivery, in our communication, in our work, we're always going to be improving. So take what you can learn from in the feedback. So maybe there's an element of like, you know what, I totally know what they're saying and I'm going to take that on board. Like if, if that's the case, thank them for the feedback because that is so, so valuable for you. It's going to save you in the future. It's actually really, really helpful when someone gives you feedback. So take what you can and throw out the rest. Sometimes people want to rant and rave and they want to make it personal. They want to make it like they're terrible at giving feedback. So identify that, okay, I'm going to take the bits from this that are useful for me and the parts that I can actually, once I take the emotion out, once I take the reaction out, are there parts here that, you know what, that's, I'm not going to take that on. That's not true or that's not really relevant or this is this is becoming a bit ridiculous and this person's just kind of trying to rant and rave and put all their stuff on me. So you need to be able to take the emotion out, hold the feedback out and go, okay, where is this person coming from? Is there value? Can I take something from this feedback? Is there something constructive I can take? What's the learning? And then the parts that get maybe a little bit vindictive or personal you can just ignore those ones, okay? So you don't have to take those things on. An example for me of where someone did this really, really well, we were doing years ago, I did a, um, 
VIP day with a client and we mapped out their strategy and we gave them a bunch of like really awesome high level strategies. And she came back to me, we delivered it to her and she came back to me and she was, she was really, really good. She said, Hey, listen, I, my expectations were this and I, I just feel like maybe I needed a bit more support with some of the like implementation. And so I wondered like, you know, can you kind of revisit this, this part of the process? She was awesome. And from that feedback, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so easy for me to do. I'll put this together. I'll create this template that's going to help you to implement this. It's going to save you a bunch of time. I only have to create it once and I'm going to put it in every single VIP day from now on. So that feedback really helped me to make my offer better. So know that there is like, there's gold in the feedback. You've just got to find it. And some people are amazing at doing it. And like those clients hold on to them because they, they're really going to help you to learn. So I'm not saying ignore every piece of feedback, like, wow, I'm not saying that at all. Like there is gold and there is learning in the feedback. Okay. So number one, not all feedback is created equal. The other thing is don't take business advice from someone who is not where you want to be. I had someone, a very angry person contact me recently and I was like, do you know what? They're, okay, what can I take from this? Not all feedback is created equal. I was like, okay, uh, what's the learning that I can have from this? And this person started giving me advice on how I, how I coached, how I communicated. And it just started getting very kind of personal and like it actually felt like a bit of a personal attack on me. And I was like, is this person an incredible coach? Like, are they killing it? Are they doing like, are they where I want to be? And the answer was no. And so I had to go, I'm actually not going to take coaching advice from someone who is not where I want to be. In the same way that if you, if your car broke down and you were sitting next to, if I was sitting next to you and you're a photographer and, and you said, you know what, I know exactly what's wrong with your car. This is how we're going to fix it. We're going to bash this thing over here and it's just going to be fine. I'm not going to take your advice (laughs) because you take great photos, but you're not a mechanic. Whereas if I was sitting next to a mechanic and he said, or she said, uh, this is exactly what's wrong with the car and this is how we're going to fix it. And this is how this is going to, you're going to avoid this problem in future. I'm going to take their advice because it's their skill set. So I think it's really important for you to identify, okay, is this person believable in this space? And can I trust their advice? Are they where I want to be? especially when it starts to become personal and like, well, you do this and you act like this and all those things. When it becomes accusatory, it's not constructive anymore. It's just kind of gets a bit mean, right? So not all feedback is created equal. Number two, people rarely say what they mean. People are pretty terrible at giving feedback. They rarely say what they mean. And so sometimes we have to dig and figure out what is it that they actually want? And in this instance, I had to kind of dig a little bit where this client was getting a bit grumpy. And I was like, what is it that they actually want? (laughs) And so then I realized, oh, they just want to stop paying. Like it's, it's not about X, Y, and Z. They were just like, they just wanted to stop paying. So I was like, okay, well, let's figure out what, what we're going to do here. So you have to sometimes dig a little more to unpack what people really mean. And I think sometimes people just rant and they write big, long emails and you kind of have to go, all right. What do they want? What would be a win here? What is it that they're looking for? And it's kind of like, you know, it's a communication exercise. And the other thing I will say here is if in doubt, pick up the phone. 
Like if this is a really awesome client and they've just sent you an, a snappy email or maybe they've sent you an email where they're like, I'm really not happy with the work. I, I want to stop working together or something kind of crazy like that. Don't email them back. Pick up the phone. <laughs> like a lot of the time people avoid picking up the phone. I had a conversation with my clients recently and one of my clients was like this my client is just being terrible and they're not paying my invoices and they're saying that I haven't delivered, but I have, I've over delivered. And I was like, okay, cool. When did you last talk to her? Like, when did you last talk to this client? She was like, oh, I've just been emailing her and she hasn't been responding. I'm like, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. Like you have to, you have to lead the process and you have to be, sometimes you have to be the bigger person and go, I'm not going to do this via email. I'm going to pick up the phone and like, we're going to have a conversation. You're going to hear my tone. You're not going to feel attacked. I'm going to be able to listen to you. We can come up with a really great solution if two clever people get on the phone. I think the root of all conflict is miscommunication. It is a communication breakdown somewhere. And so if you can pick up the phone, if you can go, hey, let's talk about this. What, what's going on? You are just going to, A, that client is going to go, it's kind of going to disarm them because you're just going to come in with curiosity. You're going to come in with, oh, let's, I'm here to find a solution. Like, are you here to find a solution? Awesome. Let's do it. What do we need to do to get this to be a win? Like, what would a win look like? And then that way you can have this really, it's actually a really beautiful opportunity for you to have a win with that client and for you to build rapport with that client. And to take the feedback, as we said in the earlier point, to take the feedback on that you really want to take on. So people rarely say what they mean. So you need to dig deeper to understand what is, what is the pain point here? What's going on for you? All right. The third thing you need to bless and release. Sometimes with some clients, you know, you might try to have a conversation and it might just be that, you know, we, we can no longer work together. If that point comes up, and that's probably only happened to me three times in my entire business journey. And I wish I could say I dealt with it perfectly every single time. I've learned a lot along the way of how to deal with these moments and how to back myself, how to be confident, how to listen, how to like really make sure that I'm being calm and level-headed and all those things. But If it gets to a point where you're like, this is no longer working, that is when you need to bless and release. Whatever you do, do not let one review, one negative comment, one like cranky email stop you from showing up, from serving more people and playing a big game. Do not let one bad review, one negative piece of feedback hold you back from showing up. Because your dream clients, they're waiting for you to show up. They need you to show up. It's so important. And when you show up with confidence, when you show up knowing these are my people, these are the kind of rules of engagement of how to work with me. This is who I work with. This is who I don't work with. This is what I like am okay with. This is what I'm not okay with. When you show up like that, you exude confidence. You exude power. And like you kind of just... You show up like a boss. And so in all of these things, I have found when when negative things come up, you know, my old way for me was as a people pleaser to just fall in a heap and be really, really upset. And and I will be honest, sometimes it still upsets me when I feel like, oh, I, I feel like I I really kind of tried to give a lot here and I tried to 
I'm not trying to be a dick. (laughs) Like, I don't think anyone's trying to be a dick. So it's like, if you know with integrity that you have, that you're showing up, you are really serving your clients, you are delivering awesome work, you are really wanting them to win, really wanting them to succeed, then you can sleep at night. You're not out there like trying to steal people's money and like not deliver on the promises. You're you're really like showing up with character. You're showing up to serve your people. So if you can confidently say that, I've given this my best. I I've really, really tried to serve this person, then bless and release, baby. You might just need to go, hey, it's, it's no longer a fit. And I've said this to clients before when like back in our agency, I remember having to call a client and being like, this is not working. So we're going to finish up and like, we wish you all the best. And that was, I was terrified to have that conversation by the way, but that was such a big moment for me because I recognized this is going to really like, this client is being a bit rude to my team and they are being quite demanding. They are giving a lot of critical feedback on things that they, that are our expertise that work for our clients. Like I was like, oh, all the red flags. And so having that conversation, I was shaking on the phone. I was like, oh my goodness, like, ah, I'm trying to exude confidence here, but I'm not confident. I'm feeling really nervous. But doing that was a real, like, that was such a blessing for me because it was a learning. And I got to actually have the experience of going, this is what I'm prepared to do. And I'm prepared to resolve a lot to, to work with awesome people. But this is where we have to part ways. And if someone falls into that category, you need to take action quickly. You need to put on your, your boss pants and you've got to do it because it means you lose sleep. It means your team kind of don't love doing the work either. And it just means that you're not allowing space for better people or better fit clients to come into your world. It also isn't serving them. If they're hating it, like let them loose. (laughs) Don't let one client or one review stop you from showing up. So I hope that this is helpful for you today. And I hope that like, you know, if you've had a moment recently where, you know, you've had a review that you didn't love or any of those things, I just want to encourage you, like we've all been there and there's gold in these moments. There is, we just have to dig a little bit (laughs) to find it. The final thing I want to say is you are going to love your business so much more if you qualify your clients, if you actually make it so that this is the criteria of who we work with. This is what we don't do. This is what who we don't work with. And if you actually think about the characteristics of the people you love working with, then once you do that, once you articulate that, you will find that they come out of the woodwork. They start raising their hands and saying, yes, I'd love to work with you. I'm that kind of person. So the more we can articulate who our dream client is, the better. And a lot of these problems can be solved upstream. Like I said, I've only had two, maybe three instances in my whole business where I've had to go, this is no longer a fit. We're going to have to finish up. And that's the bless and release piece. A lot of this can be resolved if you have really honest, open conversations on the phone. And also if you are like prepared to, to kind of, as I said at the beginning, not take it as a personal attack, even though it does feel personal. <laughs> like it totally does because it's you and it's your work and it's your brand. But if you can separate it a little, so you've got some healthy distance from the work, 
that's just going to help you a whole bunch when it comes to feedback and when it comes to working with clients that maybe are a little bit more difficult than others. Okay. So by articulating your dream client, by qualifying them, you are going to like, and by identifying your red flags, you are going to solve a lot of these problems upstream. And then when you're in the challenge, when you're in the trenches and you're like, oh my goodness, this has happened, then go back to those three tips. Not all feedback is created equal. People rarely say what they actually mean. Pick up the phone and bless and release if it gets to that point. Alrighty, my friend, one final thing I have for you. If you love a small business, if there is a small business out there that you are like, man, they've, they've helped me a lot, or man, I love their content, or I love their podcast, or I love their, like they've, maybe they're an agency that you work with or whatever it is, leave them a review. Honestly, leave them a review on Google and on Facebook. The reason it's really important to do this is because it'll take you two minutes, but it will make their day. And when they get one bad review, it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb, right? So if you love a small business, please take this homework and go and leave a review on their, on their Google and Facebook. Because in the highs and the lows, it's really important that we know that our clients love us and that they really like love working with us because it just means that the, the tough days, we can actually, instead of laboring over this one bad review, we can actually see 99 other good reviews. So we need to get better at giving good reviews. We're terrible at giving good feedback. So if you, like, I remember, sorry, one final point. I remember I had a client email me and the subject line was feedback. And I was like, oh my gosh, no. What, like, I love working with this client. What is it? And then the email was this glowing review. She was like, I just want to say, this is one of the best investments I've ever made. And like, she just like, like so much encouragement for me so much good feedback and I was like ah feedback feedback can be great so I want to encourage you if there's someone in your world that you love that you love working with you love their vibe you love their content share a review you'll make their day you might even make their week um, and you'll help them in the moments where maybe they get a bad review Alrighty, my friend, have a beautiful week. Spread those good vibes. I hope that you're doing so, so well and that this gives you a bit of confidence uh, wherever you're at with your client journey. I hope that you're winning. Uh, Love your work. And we'll see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, my beautiful friend, go get them.